Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. The average American lies four times every single day. And he probably feels justified doing so because he thinks he is being lied to six times per day. So, in his mind, at least, he is not the one doing the majority of the lying. This is according to a survey from last August at studyfinds.org. Lies can seem really big or really small. And maybe we think that smaller lies are not such a big deal. A lie could consist of saying something like, that meal tasted delicious when you don't think it did. Or thinking that your or saying that your child's artwork is beautiful when really you don't think so. Saying someone's outfit looks great when you're just saying it and you don't believe it. Those are all lies. And those are the types of lies that most people believe are acceptable. But notice where lies come from. John 8 verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. That's John 8, verse 44. And then over in John 17, verse 17, it says, Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. So on one side, you have Satan the devil who invented lying. And you have on the other side, God the Father, who only ever speaks truth. Now, here is his instruction to us when it comes to lying. Ephesians 4, verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another putting away lying. It doesn't give any caveats. It just says, get it out. Get rid of it all. And of course, that is what the ninth commandment in Exodus 20 verse 16 says. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. God expressly, categorically forbids all forms of lying. It doesn't matter if we think it's a harmless little lie. I thought it was interesting on Live By Every Word, another KPCG radio program. Mr. Dwight Falk also talked about lying this week. So maybe there's something to this. Maybe this is an area 
that is really worth taking a look at. It's a subject that can encompass every part of our lives. And we have to really be aware of the entire purpose and the depth of this ninth commandment. We might think that some forms of lying are acceptable, but what about just considering the destruction that has taken place all around us thanks to lying? Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9 says that Satan deceives the whole world. We live in a world of lies. People are blinded to God's truth thanks to the devil. And all kinds of unfathomable, unspeakable evil takes place because no one out there knows the truth. A major lie promulgated by the devil is the so-called theory of evolution. Now, it's a so-called theory. Generally, a theory has at least some logical, factual support. And yet, evolution doesn't even meet that standard. Our free book, The Ten Commandments, which you can get at thetrumpet.com, talks about evolution, this major lie that has spread around the earth today. Page 100 says, The supposed facts of evolution do not add up and will never add up. Yet the theory is taught as fact on a daily basis. Our world is suffering greatly because of this widely promulgated lie. It is the underlying foundation of our modern education system. Therefore, it has adversely affected our views on political science, international relations, economics, medicine, psychology, sociology, marriage, family, and child rearing. We must recognize that any system of beliefs built upon a false premise will ultimately lead to failure. This system, the entire world system, is built on the wrong premise. It's built on a lie where God the Creator is thrown out and His word of truth, the Holy Bible, is ignored. And that is why humankind teeters on the brink of the extinction today. It's all because of a lie. And plenty of people pushing evolution know it's a lie. Whenever we remove God, we can justify any form of sickness and evil and perversion. And more and more people will continue to get hurt as a result. Of course, you could think practically on an everyday level and think about the destruction caused by lying as well. People have been put to death 
due to false testimony in court. Lies have ended people's lives. This is the type of destruction caused by breaking the ninth commandment. God says, get it out. Get it all out. No lying whatsoever can be tolerated. This commandment, the full application of the ninth commandment, applies not just to what we say, but what we believe and how we live as well. There are three main groups we can lie to. The first, of course, is God himself. We could easily make pledges and promises to God that we fail to follow through on. We'll get into that more. The second group we can lie to is other people. There are people we see every day in our families, our friends, people we work with, people we see out in public. Every single day, there are dozens of opportunities to lie to other people. And then finally, the third group we can lie to is ourselves. We can actually lie to ourselves as well. So we will go ahead and look at all three groups. First of all, lying to God. Now, maybe we don't often think about the fact that it is possible to lie to God. But just think about God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and how Christ died for our sins. That includes lying, breaking the ninth commandment. So, of course, God hates it. He hates the sins that killed his son. When we pray, we could easily say some things that prove impossible to fulfill. Ecclesiastes 5 verses 2, 4, and 5 say, Be not rash with your mouth, and let not your heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and you upon earth. Therefore, let your words be few. When you vow a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay that which you have vowed. Better is it that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. God does hold us accountable for every word. Christ said every idle word will be accounted for in the judgment. And here in Ecclesiastes 5, God says, everything you say to me in prayer, I am keeping track of. 
Biblical Manhood, a book that you can read for free, print off for yourself at thetrumpet.com. Page 63 says, Be careful what you tell God. He holds you to account. Do not be rash. Do not make a promise you cannot keep. That is not to say you should never make a commitment to God or carefully say everything with non-committal wording. It is to say that when you commit to God, follow through. We need to develop the character to keep our word to God. We must make necessary changes in our lives, not just for a day or a week, but day after day after day until we follow through, make a permanent change, and keep our word. You probably have experienced that. I certainly have. Crying out to God in prayer and, and pledging and promising, Father, if you deliver me from this hard situation, I will rededicate my life to you. I will attack this problem in my life. I will make this particular change immediately and permanently. But what happens? Life happens. Perhaps we get up from that prayer and we forget what we said. But forgetting is no excuse. Ultimately, in a situation like that, we still made a promise to God that we didn't keep. And that still amounts to lying. Page 63 here of Biblical Manhood says, Does God consider you reliable? That is a great question. Now, biblical manhood also gives us ways to keep our word to God. Pages 64 and 65, point number one, how to keep your word to God? Ask God to set your priorities. God knows what you can handle. He does not expect you to do more than you are capable of. Ask him to show you what to focus on, what to pour your heart and effort into, what to use his spirit to accomplish. Ask God to set your priorities. Point number two in how to keep your word to God. Only commit to what you can fulfill. Now, it's very easy to allow all kinds of promises to just roll off the tongue in prayer, get caught up in the emotion of the moment perhaps, but we need to really think about our capacity to make it happen, what we say. Can we actually do what we say? If not, we shouldn't even say it. Biblical manhood says here, seek God's guidance, carefully consider what needs to be done, and take your word to him seriously. Point number three, how to keep your word to God. Keep track. You see, this is the big one. Time goes on. Things happen. We forget what we said to God in prayer. We have to keep track. Write down our goals. Write down the promises we made to God. Even an earnest, alert, fervent prayer can quickly be forgotten if we're not keeping track of what we actually said. 
So we have to make some notes and make sure we follow through. Biblical manhood says, do not let these commitments exist only in your mind while you're praying. God remembers them and you must too. Finally, point number four, how to keep your word to God. Change one thing at a time. Real change requires focus. If you try to change too much at once, your focus is diffused and your efforts are ineffective. Choose the most important thing, commit to it, and fix it at the forefront of your thinking. Grapple with that commitment day in and day out until it becomes a new habit. A good rule of thumb is to commit to no more than one per month. So, how to keep your word to God? Number one, ask God to set your priorities. Number two, only commit to what you can fulfill. Number three, keep track. And number four, change one thing at a time. Biblical manhood also gives some ways to keep our word to other people. Four ways to keep our word to other people. Now this, as you begin to see, is an all-encompassing task. Keeping the ninth commandment involves our relationships with everyone. God, other people, and ourselves. It goes beyond what we say into what we actually do. Into the way we actually choose to live. We can't live a lie. How to keep your word to others. This is pages 61 and 62 of Biblical Manhood. Number one, be careful what you promise. So same thing with what we do with God. Be careful what we commit to, what we say. Think and consider before making any commitments. It is possible to Say no to a commitment if it truly cannot be done. We have to be realistic. We shouldn't say no all the time either, of course. There is a balance. But when we say we will do it, we have to do it. No matter how inconvenient or difficult it might become. Biblical manhood talks about that a lot. Sure, circumstances change. Things happen, things come up, but we have to be truly committed to keeping our word, making our word a word of honor. So don't just throw out promises to everyone you see. Be very careful what you promise. Point number two, how to keep your word to others. Admit when you can't do it. Sometimes you're being asked to do something and you know it can't be done. And so you have to say, no, you can't do it. Biblical manhood says to say no with decision and yes with caution. Obviously, we should have a servant mentality. We should always want to give and help other people. But how disappointed will others be if we say we'll show up at a certain time and then we're not there or we're there five or 10 or 15 minutes late? How disappointed will other people be? How disrespected would they feel 
If we tell them we can come over to the house and help them with something, and then we just decide to call at the last second and say we're not going to show up. So it's better to just say no in the first place than to commit to something and then bail on it later. Point number three, how to keep your word to others. Once you've said it, do it. You can write it down. You can think about it constantly. You can set reminders for yourself, but take it seriously. Anytime you've said you will do something, follow through. Even if it's difficult, biblical manhood says, win that victory of character. Sometimes it's hard to keep our promises, even harder than we thought it would be. But we have to follow through and win that victory of character. And finally, point number four, how to keep your word to others. If you blow it, admit it. Biblical manhood says, don't lie or make up excuses. If you can't do it or fail to keep your word, be honest. When you make a mistake, don't ignore it. Apologize. Apologize with a sense of the gravity that you have broken your word. When you make a mistake, care enough to do what you can to fix it. Then determine even more deeply that next time you will keep your word. So again, how to keep your word to others. Be careful what you promise. Admit when you can't do it. Once you've said it, do it. And if you blow it, admit it. Now, finally, besides God and other people, we could lie to ourselves. There's a wonderful chapter in How to Be an Overcomer by Mr. Gerald Flurry. Chapter two is titled, Are You Deceiving Yourself? James 1 verse 22 says, Be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Mr. Flurry writes on page 22, of how to be an overcomer. You deceive yourself by hearing and not doing. And you break free of that deceit by doing God's word. This is only about six or seven pages. I'd really encourage everyone to find this chapter. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Are you deceiving yourself from the how to be an overcomer booklet? which you can get for free at thetrumpet.com. But this is how to be happy, living the way we know is right, rather than just hearing this truthful message that you're listening to right now and enjoying it and maybe telling others about it, but then taking no action. We have to take action based on what we know. John 13 verse 17 says, if you know these things, Happy are you if you do them. Hearing God's word may be pleasant for a moment, but then that pleasant that pleasantness fades. What really makes us happy is following through on what we hear. We could become warped and start lying to ourselves if we hear God's truth and never take action. That's how to be deceived. That's how to live a lie. And it's a miserable 
double life, a hypocritical life. We're lying to ourselves if we do not do what God commands when we know better. So these are the three areas where we have to really examine ourselves, our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and even ourselves. We can't lie to ourselves. We have to do what we know is right. When we commit to exercise more or changing our diet or getting closer to God, we have to follow through. Whatever we tell ourselves we're going to do, we even have to be honest with ourselves. Be honest with ourselves and self-evaluation as well to eliminate sin and be closer to God. So this is a beautiful commandment. This commandment against lying, the ninth commandment. It's a life-changing commandment. And the world would be such a much better place if we would all just stop lying. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.